The Technology Modernization Fund Board loaned out another $12 million to two agencies to accelerate IT projects. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission received $4 million to modernize its case management system. The Agriculture Department received its third TMF award. That one was $8 million to move the Agricultural Marketing Services Specialty Crops Program off of a paper-based triplicate carbon paper approach. Suzette Kent is the Federal Chief Information Officer. She tells Executive Editor Jason Miller why EEOC and USDA rose to the top and how other TMF-funded projects are faring. They represent very significant modernization initiatives moving from legacy, not only legacy systems, but extremely antiquated process. In both of these cases, they were very paper-heavy processes that create a longer timeline as well as could present cases opportunity for more errors and um, questions the fidelity of you know some of the information and so those were very exciting pieces and in both cases the agencies had already made some investments so they knew what they were doing they had a very solid plan and the award from the technology modernization fund helps accelerate getting those done faster instead of just little increments each year so it gets the benefit to the citizens faster and the payback faster. So so those were kind of the, the big things, common things. That's why they fit, you know, in technology modernization. A little bit about each of the initiatives. In the case of the EEOC, in automating how some of the information in case data flows, not only inside the federal government with employees, but some of the state and local governments as well, it's an opportunity um, to digitize that process and to move the case management system uh, to something that is much more modern more responsive and more comprehensive. So we're very excited about you know that because it is a benefit not only inside the federal government but for state and local. In the case of the uh, specialty crops award that was the one to USDA, this is actually the team that inspects all the fresh food um, that is moving in it's fresh and some of the um, slightly processed. So it's 60 billion pounds of food that go through this process. And some of the food that goes through this process um, supplement school lunches and our warfighters uh, combat rations. And this process was based on triplicate paper forms. So when, when and, and if you think about it, it's fresh food, right? The, the, the value is getting it from the supplier to the consumer as fast as possible. We were using a paper-based inspection process that relied on triplicate forms and re-entry of data and, you know, error-laden and, um, or, or potential for errors. And they had embarked on a modernization effort, but they realized if it could go faster, um, we could ensure both from those who are supplying the food to those who are receiving a faster, more efficient process. And we were really excited about supporting that. Again, solid plan and a, a team that is incredibly focused. They even brought in the wooden versions of those fruits and foods that they inspect that used to be part of the process to actually look at. Um, and there's ways that we can both you know, do the assessment and the documentation in a way um, that's much more efficient. Had EEOC or USDA tried this before or had this been one of those long-term goals that they just couldn't get over the hump? Or Because it sounds to me like a paper-based process. If nothing else, a lot of agencies have at least PDF'd those paper-based processes. So there's fewer and fewer agencies using paper. What was the kind of background of, of 
kind of those projects and why the, it made sense for the TMF. I, I don't know all the history on the EEOC side, but I do know the part of the reason that they came to the TMF is that it had, um, because they had information coming from multiple sources, it took them, you know, a while to, to get those harmonized. But when they started the initiative, they realized if they could go faster, they could complete implementation of the new process and get more consistent actually in their processing and how they manage. So, um, they believed in the payback, um, and the TMF was a way to accelerate that, you know, deliver the, uh, the broad good, and they've committed to sharing some of the uh, deliverables around how they managed a process that's both federal and state and local, and that was something that was uh, unique that the board was very excited about. One of the things about the the awards, and I think it's, I think uh, when I saw the press release, the first thing that occurred to me was USDA again. And and how do you kind of balance that? Because how many agencies applied? I don't know if you know that offhand. And then how do you, you know, when you said agencies, hey, what about me? They've gotten three now. There's probably a little bit of like, is this unfair? Is this, is, are they the pet? You know what I mean? Like, like, how do you kind of balance that, that the reason why you pick one over another? Because obviously the TMF board's process is... Well, no. I'd love to answer that question because what I would say to the other agencies is apply, bring forward a project. Um, so we've had over 50 applicants. Um, if we would have awarded all of them, it would be over $600 million. But what the board looks for is a set of criteria that are very consistent and they've been consistent across um, all the awards that have been made. You know, they meet the objectives that were set out in the law. They have a very clear payback. The agency leadership is committed and involved and in many cases they have already committed dollars and this is you know an acceleration or the team has done a pilot so we have a high, a high degree of certainty about what kind of outcome and what's the expectation and we all know that USDA has made a commitment about extreme modernization from the secretary down and I will just say that uh, just kind of like being at bat the, the number of swings that you know you take, you're going to hit some of them, and I would challenge. You know, USDA has come many, many times, and I would challenge other agencies to do the same. And you know, if the board is going to continue toward those worthy projects, and um, we ask repeatedly for more agencies to come to see more projects, and you know, I would keep that invitation out there and open. The current projects, aside from the two just awarded, do you get a sense of how they're doing? I mean, you, they check in with the board. They have to give kind of um, updates. Is there anything, without getting into obviously maybe the specifics, do you get a sense of trends, how things are moving forward? Every project that's awarded has to come to the board every quarter. And they have to report. And in fact, um, I know, Jason, you and I have talked about this before. When an award is given, that doesn't mean that particular agency gets all of the money. The money of the award is very often tied to production of certain deliverables and meeting certain sets of expectations. So when they're coming in those quarterly reviews, they're actually bringing forth the deliverables, they're reporting on the project progress, and they're asking for the next tranche of money. And that is a way that we ensure that results are being delivered and that the board is very prudent, you know, with the funds. Um, we're seeing... We're seeing, you know, great progress. Um, un, you know, unfortunately, we had to make some adjustments because of the shutdown. Some agencies were more significantly affected than others, and we've seen some, uh, we've seen some shifts there. But 
the projects are on track. We actually got some of our first money back, which is a great thing. And there are some artifacts that are being produced by some of the projects that are being made available uh, across the CIO Council and through that. So that was, for some of the awards that we made, that was one of the asks is your experiences we want to share with other agencies. So whether it's HUD's movement from COBOL to Java, where they have shared, you know, their plan um, and some of their estimating tools, or it was GSA's legacy database migration, where they created a playbook. Those were things that we're really excited about as those projects make progress. I have to ask now, the money you got back, can you give us any more details, either the agency or how much, or even generally speaking? It was part of their spend plan. Which, because there were five or six, seven projects, do you know which, are you able to say which one yet? We're going to post it on the website. Each of them have a spend plan. That is something that we share with Congress. So, you know, when money goes out and when we expect money to come back in and what that looks like. I think that's the probably what I've heard from agencies, the biggest concern was the payback model. Can we pay it back? Because a lot of this is cost avoidance versus real cost savings. Because, okay, legacy email, I'm, I'm paying $50 a seat, now I'm paying $30 a seat, but that $20 is not in my bank account per se. So I didn't know if that, that's why I think that's it's such an important milestone that you guys hit. How much money is left in, because you just we're just entering 2020, Congress is still debating the budget, we know that, but how much carryover from 18 and 19 is there? Again, that's going to be posted today. There have been some adjustments you're actually going to see posted on the website. We actually had one project, and this is, you know, as an example, Department of Energy. During the shutdown, some of the labs proceeded with the initiative, and they did that through some of their own funds. So energy is actually going to reduce some of what they originally asked for. So you're going to see some of those type of adjustments, which... I'm excited about because that shows a healthy management of, you know, the funds, yet we're still meeting the overall uh, sets of objectives. So all of that, both what those adjustments are and the new awards are going to be posted. That's Suzette Kent, the Federal Chief Information Officer, talking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller at the Imagination ELC 2019 conference in Philadelphia. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.